Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast, a podcast about expanding your creative capacity. Each week, we interview inspiring creatives to help you grow your freelance career. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrea Mejia Madriz, and I'm a part of the Artist Marketing and Partnerships team here at Closer and Closer. With me here, as always, is the wonderful Dave Arcade. I'm Dave Arcade. I am an artist on the Closer and Closer roster, but enough about me because it is my pleasure to introduce today's guest. He is an illustrator and lettering artist from Germany. He holds an MFA in illustration from the School of Visual Arts in New York. Since going freelance in 2017, he's worked for clients like Adidas, Coach, Dropbox, MTV, and Pepsi. His style is inspired by fun, custom typography, bold cartoony illustrations, and and visual storytelling. His work has been recognized by the type... Directors Club, Communication Arts, the Society of Illustrators, the Art Directors Club, and American Illustration. After five years in Brooklyn, he recently found a new home in Berlin, which is really exciting. I'm jealous. Where he's teaching himself how to become a sign painter. The wonderful and amazing and one in a billion ladies and gentlemen from Berlin, Germany, David Leutert. Woo! That was a a marathon, Dave. I'm so proud of you. Okay, this is going to get confusing as well because I'm going to say Dave. And yeah, neither th- one of I you is going to know who I'm talking to. I thought you were yeah, talking to that days. Dave. And I was like, I'm the one that just read it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that's on Reddit. How are you doing, Dave? How How is your morning going? Oh, German guess, Dave? Yes, German Dave. Is that how we should differentiate? Gosh, dang it. Which one are you talking yeah, to? Totally fine. I'm okay, just calling okay, me Steve uh, for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Beautiful Salt Steve. Lake Steve. Uh, it um, works perfectly. No, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Awesome. Um, thanks so much for the for for the introduction. Thanks for having me. Um, this is going to be fun. Of course, yeah. I think it's going to be a good one. I think so too. I, I'm I'm really hung up on the names thing. <laughs> I think we need to figure this out. Maybe we stop the podcast. Like, get my name changed officially. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> do this to in do. a few weeks. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to be fake and have you call me a different name if it's not my actual name. Well, I'll just say Dave L. That's how dedicated I am to yeah, the podcast. Yeah, just say Dave That's L. How I, I honestly, do it. I, d- I still don't know your real name. <laughs> My real name, Dave Arcade. I don't think I, I don't think I want to know. Yeah, you you could find it if you dig a little bit, but yeah, it's it's more fun for me not to tell you. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me. I know a secret where you can find it very easily, but I also can't tell you that part either. It's kind of yeah. like a video game where you're like, oh, if you just shoot the boss in the toe, he'll die. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to get to the questions, well, don't we? Well, Dave, you and I actually, uh, for, you know, artists on this roster kind of go way back. You started a, um, mm-hmm. well, oh, did you want to say anything else, by the way? No, no, no. We usually let our guests talk before I ruin the whole podcast and talk the entire time. So if you're no, good, you're I'll... fine. I have nothing to say. <laughs> you're good. Go ahead. That's not true. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, you started this cool thing called Feedback Friday. Um, for those of you who don't know, and I don't know why you would, and if you did, you're spying on us. We have a <laughs> Slack channel, and uh, you know it's kind of awesome because you have access to like to, what thirty plus of the best artists in the world. Forty plus. And Dave now. was like, it's forty. Forty six. Wow, one more than how old I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> still think about when I asked Drew, I was like, hey, am I the oldest artist on the roster? He's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was his only answer. Um, anyway, uh, uh, so you started this thing called Feedback Friday, and it's really cool. We get together on Fridays, I missed for the past couple of weeks, on uh, Google totally Hangouts fine. or Zoom. No, mm-hmm. the, the Slack thing. And we show each other art, and we talk about it, and we give each other feedback, and it's super valuable. And so you and I have been chatting for you know a couple of years you're uh, mm-hmm. one of my, I think I like you more than you like me. But, um, <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> no, I'm a you're big breaking fan. breaking my heart. I'm a big fan of, of Dave Leutert. Um, I did, you know, I just found out about a year ago how to pronounce your name the right way. But so let's talk about your art for a second, Dave, David. Um, sure. Your, your body of work is this, this just massive onslaught of super kick-ass typography, uh, kind of through the lens Thanks. of like hand-drawn gig posters, which I remember from the late 90s and early 2000s. And I mean that as a compliment. It is like a gem stored in time. Um, 
However, you can draw whatever you want. You're a super skilled illustrator. So like you're that good in my head, you could draw whatever you want. So what is it about type that draws you in and kind of wins your focus over other illustrative content? And not that you don't draw that stuff, but that's definitely your focus, correct? Would would I be correct yeah, yeah, in yeah. saying that? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, well, I, I started out as a graphic designer about 15 years ago, and typography is just an integral part of, of graphic design and a very effective way to, to communicate. Um, and I always had this unhealthy obsession with, with letters and language. And, um, but yeah, you're right. I've, I've, I have always done a ton of, uh, gig posters. Um, you know, back in the day, all my, my, my friends and I used to, um, book shows, um, around Nuremberg, you know, whenever a, a punk band from, from the States or from somewhere in Europe would would come through we'd be in touch with with their booking agents and um we would always make sure they stop in nuremberg and i would um do you know the flyers and, or posters or whatever um and so that's always been fun for me and um dude i didn't know that that's that makes a ton of sense yeah yeah for sure um so that's i think that's when i that's how i you know kind of got started with this whole thing and um and Pretty much until the start of the the pandemic, I've I've been doing gig posters professionally. Um, now that's not no longer the case. I don't know if anyone here remembers live music. Um, <laughs> I know, <it's> but <laughs> I miss sad. it so much. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I've 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 just just been. I I got to do tons of festival posters, and it just you know from the, this hobby just ended up turning into my my dream job where I get to do, you know, stuff for Lollapalooza or Clusterfest or Governor's Ball and, you know, all kinds of cool cool festivals and, and shows. And um but um but about your your question, I I guess I just I at some point I just learned to draw pretty much anything by not really having a style. Mm. You know, I would I would because I, I I just wanted to become an illustrator so badly, and then once I uh, once I was done with grad school and I was still living in New York, and life is crazy expensive there, I would just take on every single job. You know, for the last three years or so, I did not turn down a single job, oh. and ultimately, I no one really knew what to hire me for. They would just hire me to draw stuff, and whenever people ask me what what my style is or what kind of illustration I do, I never really have an answer. Because yeah. I just draw whatever people ask me to draw. And I guess with time and just lots and lots of practice, I just got to a point where I can draw everything. So now at this point, the biggest challenge is really just to narrow it down to the things I enjoy drawing. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's the, I'm still working on that. Would um, you say that? But yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, uh, as I said, I just had to... to I, I was at a point of maybe two or three years ago when I, you know, I had just started out being full-time freelance as an illustrator and I would get hired to do tons of, you know, maps and really intricate, mm -hmm. detailed, like where's Waldo style, the type of work, you know, you, Dave Arcade, or also Alejandro uh, Paria yeah. do so well. And I, and I know from talking to the both of you, you actually enjoy um, creating those, those types of pieces. Oh, and I don't. I don't at all. Oh, oh you don't? don't? Okay. Yeah, well, then no. we need to change something. Yeah. The, the Where's Waldo style art specifically, I do not enjoy. I don't mind like isometric, like um, mm -hmm. if I can put like big chunky things in there, more like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. setting a softball down next to like a building block versus like a, like a bead next to a grain of <laughs> right. rice. Um, I'm cool with it, but yeah, it's, I know why you don't enjoy it. It's, it's, it's like, it's uh, not fun. It's, it's not, yeah, tedious. it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, tedious. it's super tedious. And I, I just, I just realized that I don't enjoy a single moment of the process <laughs> until, until it's finished, you know, that's my favorite yeah. part, but it's, that's just not how it should be. And yeah. I just had to ask myself, um, what what part of your job do you actually enjoy doing? And I realized that it was just whenever I got to integrate type into anything. So now I've just been making a conscious effort to create very type driven work. You know, especially when when you know when I don't have any jobs and I have nothing going on, I just work on my own stuff and I make sure they're lettering pieces. So I I I think when I was really 
you know, super depressed and and didn't really know what to do with my life and my career. Um, I I got a very valuable tip from um, my studio friends back back in Brooklyn. Um, the two Dans, Dan Casaro and Dan Christofferson, they go by Young Jerks. They have this awesome um, branding studio, and they and, and this might be self explanatory, uh, maybe even obvious for for most of our listeners. But to me, this was kind of new. They said you need to make sure you your portfolio reflects the type of work you want to get hired for. Yeah. Um, duh. But I just <laughs> didn't really realize it you know i would just put whatever i any any anything i've done i would put on my website you know mm -hmm. whether i liked it or not and so yeah that's that's been my mission for the past year or two and now it's 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 actually been working out you know i've been getting hired to do more lettering and mm -hmm. packaging design and all the kind of work i actually want to do so yeah yeah it's it's all coming together yeah that is a super valuable piece of advice for sure it, it does seem like an, a no-brainer but um, when you're kind of steeped in your own art, you think that clients will see what you see or what mm -hmm. you favor. It's like, well, clearly yeah. this is what I love doing. Well, that's not clear to them at all. And being on the other side, um, the art director side, when I first started my career, um, I remember uh, going through some artists with the, the dude who was sort of mentoring me at the time, like the senior art director at the shop. And I was going through this guy's work and... I was like, well, what we need done, like this person can do it mm -hmm. clearly. And he's mm -hmm. like, why is that clear? And I was like, well, like, look, look at this. And, and, and then this thing over here, he's like, no, no, no. You're looking at these two things that are like, there's two things on mm -hmm. his, in his portfolio that are kind of what you want. There's like 20 things that aren't that at all. That's what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. No, you're right. And so it, like. <laughs> It, it it's funny from each side of the the coin. Like sometimes uh, we'll produce stuff that the client doesn't want. Like I thought mm -hmm. you could do, but well, why'd you think I could do that? Like I was going to do my thing and you didn't say, so I just did my thing. Like, yeah, but your thing to us was this thing. Yeah. Like I don't even care about that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's yeah. so important to, yeah. to put that, like that means you have to sacrifice pieces though. Mm -hmm. Artists out exactly. there. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. Just kill your darlings and, and yep. you know, in an attempt to figure out what your thing is. And I'm still on, on, on a quest to figure out what it is, but I'm, I feel like I'm getting closer. Dude, for sure. You're, I was looking at your work yesterday and over the past, I would say the past year, especially, but since I've known you, you've really tightened it, 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 like this narrow focus on type and everything looks so mm -hmm. uniform and not in a bad way, just in like a dude who a knows what he's doing way. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Thank you. And just going back to something that you said earlier, I remember when I first was like interviewing for this position at Closer and Closer, I was obviously like doing research on all the artists and checking all of your stuff out. And I remember seeing like the GovBall posters and the Lala stuff that you did and just being so excited because back obviously before the pandemic, I used to love going to festivals and like I would go to all of them and I was obsessed and it was like mm -hmm. my thing. And so it was just so cool because that was one of the things that really got me excited about working here was like, wow, like I never even thought about this whole side. Because I also used to want to work in music before I got this gig here. Um, I wanted to work in the music industry, but it was really just such an mm -hmm. eye opener of like, I never even thought about like the people behind this super sick work that like basically makes me want to go to this festival. And mm. it was just really mm -hmm. awesome. So just know that people love your stuff and that it's really impressive because I remember being wildly impressed by it. Yay! Thank you so much, Andrea. Yeah. Also, I I think you made the right decision in in um coming on board here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I music is great and all, but I also had had to at some point just just realize that it's not the way for me. M most of my friends are somewhat um connected to the the music world, mm -hmm. and only a handful of them maybe can actually make a living totally. off of it. And I, I I used to play drums for a very long time, mm -hmm. but I. Just I I never got really good, you know, because I didn't enjoy practicing by myself. I yeah. would just want to, you know, jam out or play live and just play with a band and play with my friends. But I, I just you have to practice in totally. order to get good. And I at some point I just realized that the the thing that I enjoy doing by myself is drawing, and mm -hmm. I happen to be okay at it. And I it might be something I could get better at or even make it a career. So that's what I stuck to. You know, I still love music and I miss 
concerts yeah. so much, but they'll come back eventually. <laughs> totally. yeah. No, here in the U.S., they're coming back in the fall, baby. We're excited. Oh, great. Good for you. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> have you guys ever left a concert where, um, where your ears, like, they're ringing and you feel like you have, like, two pillows over them? Yeah. For, yeah, like, three days? Time. I went to mm-hmm. see... Brockhampton, which I feel like Dave would make fun of me for, but that was like one of the last concerts I, that I saw. I'm gonna in 20... Google him. I don't. I don't know. Oh, it's, is. A, it's a time. Yeah, I'm but not familiar. Yeah, one of the last shows I saw in like 2020 or maybe late 2019, mm-hmm. and I literally that was like the day that I realized that I was not a teenager anymore because I left <laughs> that concert and literally almost threw up because of how tired and like sweaty and just horribly <laughs> dis- disheveled I was. It was awful. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> enough about that. Dave, I really think I really now I'm mad at myself for exposing that I like Brockhampton because I feel like you're going to make fun of me for it. Uh, uh, Don't is make this fun the right Brockhampton? It looks like he looks like a like a hip hop artist. Yeah, it's, that... yeah, it's a whole group of rappers. It's like there's like 20 people in Brockhampton. It's ridiculous. Why would I make fun of you for this? I thought he was going to be like a solo like Michael Bublé kind of artist is that just the like vibes oh. I give off? is that what you think no, but I listen Brock to Hampton, Brock Hampton is a very normal name yeah. like it's just like I'm Brock Hampton do you want to hear the hits <laughs> yeah I guess yeah it's yeah I think once you realize that it's not Brock and then Hampton you're making like, me look uncool this guy looks no. like he's cool he's got all kinds of dudes no, like in his, cool. in his crew just like yeah we're going to we just write music they're cool. These guys look like uh, regular people. Yeah, they're cool guys. I appreciate them. They're kind of crazy, but great time. Anyways, enough about Brockhampton. I don't think anyone's here. Let's to keep talking to about Brockhampton. So anyway, Dave, you're done. We're gonna keep give Brock Which Dave? a call. Dave Matthews. Yeah, we're oh. gonna talk about Dave Matthews. Oh no! Oh no! That is something I cannot partake in. Um, yeah. Oh, Dave. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I'm not good. familiar. No, you don't need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he had his time in the 90s, and it was like tough to deal with anyway. He's like, <laughs> well, the horns in your band, you should get rid of them. You should get rid of your saxophone player, and you would be better. And he's like, nah. It's like, well, then I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, apart from 2020 being difficult because there was no live music, I think that there was obviously, we can all agree, a lot of challenges that came to us this year. And I know that you, Dave L., uh, faced your... <laughs> mm-hmm. I know, sorry. That felt weird, but... Do it. Uh, you faced your fair share of unique challenges, like on top of all of the regular, you know, pandemic and like world crumbling things. You were also mm-hmm. moving and like you lived in a million different places throughout the year and were, you know, it was a stressful time. And I think mm-hmm. something that I think you have a super valuable perspective on is like, what are some of the main lessons that you learned while you were navigating all that craziness? And like, how did you, like, how did that affect your creative work? And how did you manage to mitigate that? And like continue working through it. Ooh, um, well, where do I start? Well, this this past year has been an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's been awful for for everyone. Um, for me personally, as as soon as um, the pandemic started and it was clear that New York was gonna get hit real bad, because I, I was still in touch with all my friends in in Europe and I was seeing you know, how bad it got in, in Bergamo, in Italy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at, at that point, towards the, the end of March, my wife and I had to make the decision to just, you know, pack everything up and leave New York as fast as possible. Um, you know, we had to flee and um, we, we got a rental van and just went on a 24-hour road trip up to, to the Upper Peninsula in, in Michigan, um, and then we were just just hunkering down for five to six months with no Wi-Fi and um, no appointments, and um, it was kind of nice, you know. At, at first, of course, it was scary, um, but uh, we just got to watch the seasons change, and mm-hmm. you know, we had if we were just living in the woods, basically in the middle of nowhere with no one around. That sounds um, awesome. It was in a way, and I, I also just didn't really have any jobs, so that was kind of nice too. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird? He was like, I mean, "Well, I need money, but this is also good." Well, I mean, yeah. I, just looking back, it was nice. At the, if you had talked to me at the time, I was just freaking out, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, so yeah, we got to spend uh and a half half a year in Michigan, and then towards. Um, the summer last year, we, we moved back to my hometown to Nuremberg mm-hmm. for a while, and then, um, ultimately ended up in Berlin. 
um, at the end of 2020. And I think altogether, we had no home for almost an entire year and, and moved a total of, of eight times yeah. involuntarily. Um, that was not fun. So we would move to a new place pretty much every month and stay at, you know, short-term rentals, Airbnbs and what have you. And um, yeah, I don't know that that wasn't really fun, but I still, you know, that's as soon as we were back in Germany, that's when I started getting jobs again. Mm -hmm. So those kept me busy and um, I would just, you know, just work from pretty much anywhere. Cause I work on an iPad, um, it's kind of nice. You, you can work from yeah, literally, literally anywhere. anywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that was our past year. Um, we finally found a, a really cute apartment in Berlin and started um, to settle in. And then a couple of weeks ago, my mom got into an accident. Um, she got run over by a car and had her pelvic ring, her, her hip fractured. And now she's um, learning to walk again. And it's just been really really, really difficult. Um, so we're back down in, in Southern Germany in Nuremberg right now trying to help her out. So at this point, uh, you know, as of this recording, um, I'm, I'm a full-time caretaker mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, but she's making lots of progress. Um, she's, she's doing better and, you know, we're just trying to stay optimistic, but, uh, I don't. I don't know if I, that didn't answer your question at all. <laughs> no, it I'm did. not. I'm not sure if I learned you, you any a, a lesson really. <laughs> you, I, I was. I was just too busy trying not to lose my damn mind. Totally. You know that that entire year was too much. But um, yeah, as I said, the the good thing is that I was able to just work on projects at some shabby Airbnb <laughs> that has had nothing but a bed and a TV. So I would work on you know the the biggest. Um, uh, you know, campaign packaging project last summer from the comfort of my bed for mm -hmm. an entire month. Um, it's not great, but it's also kind of nice that I still got to do my job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think what I, if there's one thing I learned, it's probably that, that you just can't wait around for things to get better. You just need to get started right away. And I've just made it a habit to, to work on personal projects and, and keep, you know, stay motivated. And as I said, doing, during those first three months in, in Michigan, I had maybe two jobs in those three months. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the time I got to just do whatever I wanted. And I would focus on just my, my own work and creating the type, the type of work I've, you know, that I enjoy doing. And I've, I haven't really been, been, yeah, I don't, I don't have too much, experience with editorial illustration, mm -hmm. which is something I'd like to do more of. So I would just come up with my own fictional editorial assignments, you mm -hmm. know, and just, cool. just, just work on stuff and then post it on Instagram and people either liked it or they didn't, but at least <laughs> I had a new portfolio piece. Totally. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And I think you make such a good point that like, or I guess it's not a point that you made, but something that I noticed while you were talking is just that it's so evident that you really are just one of those people that loves what he does and it doesn't mm -hmm. you know it although everything was challenging at that time and you were going through a lot of things you still wanted to work and like do the thing that you do like you still wanted to be illustrating and and working on your craft mm -hmm. which is super awesome to hear because you know obviously a lot of people when they go through difficult things the last thing that they want to be doing is their work they're like i can't i don't even want to be <laughs> yeah. thinking about this so it's yeah. wonderful to hear that like you know, even when you were struggling, you, you wanted to hold on to that, which is cool. And totally. Just, yeah. It, yeah. It's a, sorry. I was no, just no, saying no, it's, it's such a privilege to be, to, to be doing the, you know, the kind of work you love to do. So whenever I don't have any, any work, I just, I still draw. Mm -hmm. it's awesome. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I, I, I wish that I liked drawing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like, I like creating something like uh, I like the end result. I think I like coloring things. Honestly, when I get to that phase and I start clicking in life paint and just coloring, I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is awesome. But, uh, drawing is like, drawing's hard. It's like, how does this angle work? And then like, you don't get it right. And you're like, how many times universe do I need to draw this line? And then, you know, you draw it and you undo and you're like, this is stupid. Like, this is so dumb. I keep failing at this, this, angle or this curve and 
And so, I, I don't know, maybe I need to get better at drawing, but also like screw, screw you drawing. <laughs> it's hard, but, um, no, you, you, uh, I, I kind of, uh, I, I don't know if this is, um, the right thing to say, but I like your, uh, answer about the past year where you're like, I, I don't know what I've learned and that, and that's okay. Like we, like when my, my sister, uh, I have, I had a sister who died of cancer in 2009 and I remember as she oh, was I'm dying. Sorry. Yeah. You know, it's, it sucks. And you know, I've learned a ton of stuff from that, but at the time I didn't know what to learn, but more like to what she said as she was dying, she was like, I, I'm not happy. Like, I'm not going to go out. Um, you're not going to be able to tell stories about me, like having a good attitude about this. Like, I don't want mm-hmm. to die. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. it. And I don't know what mm-hmm. she learned from it. And that's fine. Like mm-hmm. sometimes things just suck. Like you, yeah. what are you going to do right yeah. now? Just, just be like, no, it's cool that my mom got hit by a car. Cause you know what? When sometimes when it's like, no, this sucks. Totally. But then, yeah, you know, like just- 10, 10 years from now, you might learn something from it, but you don't have to know, know anything right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can even be pissed yeah. off about it. Like whatever makes you feel better, man. Yeah. Have no, a bad I mean, attitude, just, world. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Everything does suck. Um, I can't really argue with that, but I, I just try to stay optimistic as much as no, I don't can. Do that. that's, that's all I have. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think it's... No, seriously, though, it's just, it's, it's just too much right now. If yeah. I, I can't, I can't lose hope. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, and I think you said something really important that was like, (laughs) you're just doing what you need to, to stay afloat. And like, that's totally fine Mm -hmm. right now. And that's something that I think I've learned this year is just like, you know, when I'm having a hard time, I don't need to be like the queen of recovery or like the queen of getting better. And I don't have to like go on a walk and like journal by the pond and enjoy you know have the best time ever and like figure it all out like i can just sit there and be like okay this will pass it'll be fine i just need to get through it and like if i want to sit and watch jersey shore for five hours a day i can do that because it's gonna make me feel better i will say this i just so mm -hmm. you don't think that i'm like the world's uh like least optimistic person (laughs) um this this really helped helped me and it might I, I know it's a result of being part of this roster and um talking to Drew about things for the past, you know, couple of years. That dude has like tools to help you get through difficult things mm-hmm. and especially to get over the things that are mo- like yourself and the, the way that you can hold yourself mm-hmm. back. But um one of one of those tools is is like preparing your mind um, and accepting the consequences before something happens. And I, I never have liked doing that, but I tried this. So the other day I was in competition with some artist. congratulations, by the way, other artist, for <laughs> a job. Um, and, and it's a big brand and, and it was a big budget. And I put in all this time on this pitch and, and the art director was like, dude, you're definitely like our guy. Well, to the client, that, that's fine if the art director wants you. It doesn't matter. The client wanted to go a different direction. And to their mm-hmm. credit, they, they spent like a full week. If you don't know the end of the story, um, I didn't get the job, right? Really needed it. But something happened on... So I, I, I sent the deck on Monday. And on Tuesday, I was like, you know what? I might not get this job. And guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to be faithful and hopeful about it. I'm going to, because that sometimes that doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I think with things that are out of your control, like, well, this mm-hmm. is completely out of my control. You know what? I could have been, but that also would have put me in a worse place if I didn't accept mm-hmm. that I might not get the job, which is something mm-hmm. I'm not used to doing. I'm used to being a hopeful dude. And I was like, mm-hmm. Dave, just be okay if you don't get this job. Dave, mm-hmm. me. Dave Arcade. I'm talking to me. Oh, now. Dave. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or Steve. Oh, I'm going Steve. This okay, so I was like, Steve, Steven, you need to be okay if you don't get this job. And, and I was like, yeah, no, okay. Yeah, okay, I'll be okay about it. And then when mm-hmm. I got the news, I was like, I already prepared for this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, for some reason, I'm okay right now because... Mm-hmm. I was a big boy and accepted the reality of it. So there's there's a way to, you know, as Drew puts it, to like thrive in the tension, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. one way of doing it. So 
but you can also be mad and sad when it's time for that as well. Yeah, of course. I mean, you, 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 yeah, you, you, you can get, well, I, I just don't know if how productive it is to get bitter about those I'm sorts glad of things. Because yeah. as you said, there's just nothing to be done. And so you just move on and, and work on the next project. And if you have no projects lined up, you just come up with your own stuff. Yeah. But then again, journaling by the pond sounds lovely. <laughs> I know. I love that comment. And Dave, I didn't Thank mean you. to mischaracterize uh, your um, like discontent as, as just be hopeless. That's not what I'm saying. I, I yeah. articulated uh -huh. it poorly. It's, it's okay to be, it's okay to not have learned what you need to learn because you're still in the eye of the storm, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, for that. sure. <laughs> it's not over. <laughs> it's not over. <laughs> Also, on top of this, something that I also wanted to talk to you about is community and collaboration, because kind of touching back to what Dave Arcade was saying earlier, um, you started this awesome thing called Feedback Fridays here at Closer and Closer that, you know, mm -hmm. is so amazing. And it really gives you guys a space as the artist to like collaborate and and get each other's feedback and just remember that like you're not doing this thing alone. And like you do have this network of 46 incredible artists. Um, and so mm -hmm. I know that from this and from just other things that you've told me, I know community and collaboration are huge priorities in your life. And I was wondering how you've handled the past year of isolation and what ways you have found to continue to develop this sense of community when, you know, you can't be physically close to these people. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, illustration is by far one of the loneliest professions I can think yes. of. Mm -hmm. There's just, it's, you just have to be okay with spending a lot of time by yourself. Even if you share a studio with other people, you're still alone, mm -hmm. not, you know? You're in your head. Um, so, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so after grad school, because whenever I went to SVA, part of the, the program is that they kind of force a group of 40 illustrators to spend every day <laughs> and night together. So that way you just kind of, you learn from one another, you know? You're, yeah. It's, it's fun. But once I, gr I graduated, I tried to just stay in, in touch with my, my SVA friends as much as possible. We would um, meet up every Wednesday. I, you know, I would take the G train from Williamsburg down to Greenpoint and then skate on over to my, to my friend Nicole Rifkin's apartment. And we would just hang out every Wednesday smoke no weed whatsoever because we would never break the law and we would just work on and we would work on projects you know and if if one of us was on a on a deadline we'd we'd i would just bring my ipad so i could still work on stuff mm -hmm. um or we would just come up with our own um projects or you know paint on canvases with like posca markers and just just shoot the shit and um just not be so alone for you know, once. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and um, so I was, but, but also even pre COVID, I was always keeping in touch with my friends back home in, in, in Europe um, because I was just feeling very lonely in New York. Um, and um, yeah, as I said, I didn't really have any jobs during the first three months of the pandemic um, and way too much free time on my <laughs> hand. So yeah, I would just come up with my own visual essays. That's kind of something that that kept me afloat. But in terms of um, you know community, I I had to take a break from hosting Feedback Friday mm -hmm. for an entire year. Yeah, for that obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I'm but I'm back. I just uh, resurrected the whole thing about a month or so ago, Ooh. and it's been fun. Um, you know, we're we're doing it every Friday. Um, and it's, 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 it's just great to have that sense of community back because mm -hmm. the initially when I, I signed with closer and closer about three years ago, when there were, I think 20 artists on the roster mm -hmm. and they were all just way, way too good. You know, <laughs> I just had a huge case of imposter syndrome and I was just thinking, I don't, I don't belong here, but, um, but I, at some point I was just, I just thought, you, you know, you have this, you just have all of this knowledge, mm -hmm. you know, we, we have this Slack channel. So technically, I mean, there's, I don't know any of those people. I only know of them and I know I've seen their work, but I don't know anything about them. And I feel like there's so much we could learn from each other. Mm -hmm. So I would just, I would start hosting those things and it's, it's been fun, you know, like, uh, it's, we're usually just, even though, as you said, there's over 40 artists on the roster by now. It's usually just a handful of people, whoever mm -hmm. has time, whoever's available. And we just, 
you know, we, we, whenever we're stuck with projects or we're, we're working on sketches and we don't quite know what, what to do next, we just kind of, I don't know, we just, yeah, yeah. get yeah. feedback from one another, bounce ideas off, off of one another. And it's, it's been super helpful. But apart from that, we don't always just talk about illustration or work stuff. We just talk about pretty much everything else and it makes you feel slightly less alone once a week. There's some delightful people on that that uh like some mm-hmm. some regulars and and it would be awesome if more artists joined up but like Lindsay and josephina are just mm-hmm. like they're the best they're they're so yeah they're just seeing their faces you know just like oh okay mm-hmm. like this is uh this is the right place to be which makes me sad when i'm not not there it was awkward though when you were back you know Lindsay was it well, no. What you, happened? Well, she started. Remember, like you popped on, and then she said, "Backstreet's back, all right." And then she went through the whole song, and we're just sitting there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How could I forget? And she started dancing, <laughs> and we're like, we're like, wow, this is good. She's doing the entire Backstreet Boys song. She was like trying to do the instruments and the singing at the same time, and we're just like, you know, I mean, yeah. If she ever weird. heard that, that was brutal to sit through she'd be so embarrassed but why are you yeah. complaining about a lovely free performance this. dave oh i'm not i'm not i'm not it was it was excellent no that didn't really happen you should yeah. hire Lindsay right for a job <laughs> Lindsay made this hire her um mm-hmm. but yeah i love that you something because i love that you mentioned imposter syndrome because i think that was like a really interesting point that like Building a community and like just reaching out to people can be such a great way of busting that imposter syndrome. And it's something that like I would never think to do because obviously like you see all these incredible illustrators on social media and you're like, oh, like I want to be like them or like I want to be as good as them or as talented as them. And you like get down on yourself and you're like, oh, like I'm never going to do that. Like they have some secret Mm -hmm. sauce that I don't, but like just reach out to them. And like, you know, all illustrators tend to be lonely. They probably do want to chat and like you know, it does no harm to just like reach out to them. And I love that you have that attitude of like, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Like, I'll just start this feedback Friday thing. And like a handful of people will show up and we'll chat and it'll be great. Um, Cause I feel like a lot mm-hmm. of people are kind of afraid to do that and like reach out to people. In well, that way. From my experience, illustrators are just naturally shy. You yeah. know, do we just, I don't know. I guess it just comes with the, the job, but that, I mean, that's, that's something I've experienced too. When I, when I first went to to SVA, I just felt like I didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. I I had been on on the uh, wait list at first, so I wasn't even sure if I was gonna, you know, get the spot at all. And then, and then once classes started, I think I spent the entire first month not working on any assignments. I always came up with some excuse as to why I couldn't work on stuff, why I couldn't present anything, because I just didn't feel good enough. Because mm-hmm. everyone else, there were, you know, we were a group of, of 20 illustrators and they were all, all so damn good. And I just, and it, it took me a couple of weeks to realize that, you know, just just like you see people's work on Instagram, that's their highlight reel, you know? So all the all this stuff I've, I've, I've seen from from those other students on their websites. It's not, that's just their very, very best work. Mm-hmm. So I got, I got to see their sketches and I got to see some of their, you know, concepts and they're not always perfectly polished. Mm-hmm. Um, you mess up a lot. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think that kind of took the the fear out of it for me. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting. It's always funny to, to hear uh, any artist whose work I'm familiar with um, that's am- as amazing as you that like they're, they get down about their work. I'm like, what? But then I do the same thing. Right. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like uh, you're, you're really like coming into your own. We were talking about like, um, and that's not a bad thing. I feel like when, when people hear that, they're like what would well, have been doing this whole time, you know, before that, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, we all go through this. Right. And uh, I went, I, I went through it way later than everybody else. Um, but I, I feel like one of the things that has given you confidence and and where you really have, um, besides your, your kick-ass style, a, a place to um, kind of wield your sword, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. is that you're this, this artist that has something to say. And you, you, have, you have strong opinions, um, but you're not afraid to voice them, which I really admire because, you know, I'm not like that. Um, so what would you say to artists out there who kind of feel similar um that they they have something to say they want to be more vocal in their art but they're kind of afraid to cause that friction like was there a time for you where you got over that or have you always been this way and if you don't know like look at dave's stuff like, what he'll say whatever the hell he wants <laughs> and i love it 
Um, there definitely has been a time. I've I've always been pretty opinionated, um, but I've, I'm also a bit of a people pleaser, and I was just, you know, I w I think I've I've been too busy just trying to focus on on you know commissioned work and trying to find my style somewhat and not worry too much about my own voice. Whereas I mean that's that kind of goes hand in hand. I just hadn't realized it at first, I guess. So I, yeah, I, I, I do believe uh, I, I have strong opinions. And as of lately, I've, I try to just make my personal work more personal and just um, <laughs> channel some of that anger. Cause I get, I just get pissed off a lot. Yeah. And, um, and a, a way for me to deal with it is just by drawing, you know? And then, so, I mean, you, you ask how to, to um, what you can do about the, the, or how if you want to avoid friction it's like what yeah, you know, like, what what fr what friction cuz if if it's your own work then who cares if you have right. something to say just just go for it as long as you're not you're not out to just be in, insulting and and hurtful or something that's that's a whole different story but if you have a a point of view and and an opinion then go for it i think your work should reflect that for sure people are more welcoming than you think also right did you have you mm -hmm. found that like when you post something you're like hey this one's gonna stir the pot mm -hmm. but you find that it's like unless you're saying something that's like truly offensive that like nobody agrees mm -hmm. with um people are pretty accepting and they're like thank you like thanks for being honest that's great and i i, I think so too yeah as long as you're not mean-spirited or anything if you you know if it comes from a good place then yeah for sure that's why i don't go ahead sorry no, no, that's why I don't, I don't um, say what I mean because I am mean spirited. <laughs> like I just, yeah. <laughs> I just want to be like, dude, you guys, I, I can't explain it, but you just suck. Like everything <laughs> sucks, sucks mm -hmm. a lot. No, um, I don't want to say. That. I love people, but uh, I, I just some people. I, I'm terrible at types, so I can't say anything even if I want to. <laughs> um, it's like I'm illiterate uh, in the illustrative sense when it comes to typography. And in general, like you know, that's not true. Well, I, I can do blocky type, but if I try and like like those videos where it's just a hand and it's like and then like just like goes through an entire word perfectly and it's all scripty, if I had to yeah. do that to save my family, um, they'd be dead. Uh, it's which that's is, uh, I, I I think that's all in your head. Well, first of all, if you want to get better at script lettering, it's just all practice but every single time you use lettering in any of your illustration work steve arcade i'm talking to you it's, <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> it's always been fantastic you're so good at it so embrace oh, it or don't but don't don't you know put yourself down i think you're really talented no dave that means a lot man so you're so sincere also which is one of your gifts so i i, I believe you whereas when other people tell me stuff i'm like shut up and they're like no seriously I'm like, no shut up <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate that. Um, you said something that I love, dude. You said I wanted to make uh, my personal work more personal. Or, I think that's mm -hmm. what you said. That's a great quote, mm -hmm. man. Because that that really puts perspective on it. It's like, yeah, if it's your personal work, make it personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's rad. For sure. Well, I I, I think because I still don't think I fully found my style. But I know for a fact that finding your style just really means finding yourself. You know, your your style yeah. is just an, an extension of your personality. So if you don't have anything to say, if you don't have, I don't know, any personality or experience, then it might be kind of hard to find your style at first. At first. Just don't give up. Just keep, just keep, keep practicing. Yeah. It's a, you got to just keep digging. Like, it's funny. I, I've watched mm -hmm. like every season of Gold Rush on Discovery Channel when that show was on. And... Mm -hmm. It was amazing how many times I was like, everything in life is analogous to digging for gold. Like this show is just an analogy for everything because it takes like, you got to get through like the, the, uh, what's it called? The permafrost, which is a thick, gross, hardened layer of dirt. And that's like the toughest thing to get through, which is like ego. And then you got to mm -hmm. dig down through the dirt, which is really difficult. It's putting in the work and you're like, Hey, I've dug like. 10 feet down. I should have reached gold by now. It's like, well, guess what? You have to keep going. You're like, but I don't want to. That's life. And then you get to you get to pay dirt where the actual gold is there. But even at that point, you have to wash it and refine it. 
And it's this crazy process, but life is just like that. And finding your style is like that. You have to dig and sometimes it takes years. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, in in full disclosure, um, I think it took me a full 12 years from the point where I decided I want to become an illustrator to where I was actually able to be an illustrator yep. full-time freelance and do nothing else. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just don't give up. Yep. Yeah, that. don't give up. What a lovely sentiment to end this podcast on. <laughs> Um, Dave L, I just have one last question for you. Mm -hmm. Um, in what ways do you think that the past year has permanently changed the illustration space? And are there any trends that you've seen exacerbated or like, um, emphasized because of the situation that we found ourselves in? Hmm. I, I would say, so this is a, a trend I've been seeing for the way before the pandemic, I've, I just think there's more, there's a higher demand for animation and motion design. Mm -hmm. So here's a very bold theory. I believe that 10 years from now, illustrators will be expected to be good at animation or to at mm -hmm. least know some, some basic animation. I don't, I yeah. think it might be hard to, to get jobs if you don't, but this is, I mean, I, I might also be completely off here. Yeah. Um, Well, one more thing, obviously, is, is definitely will be. I think we'll be seeing more remote work because mm -hmm. prior to to COVID, if you had a, a you know a, a real job, an in-house um, job, and and you um, asked to work from home, people would just be like, yeah, the right to what <laughs> yes. masturbate or what. And, I mean, the reality is, yes, that's a part of it, <laughs> but. Um, but you can actually get work done from home. Um, illustrators know this because that's. We have no choice. Um, but uh, yeah, so more remote work probably. Um, I think we'll be seeing more virtual reality. Mm -hmm. I could I could picture VR exhibitions or something, you know, just, I don't know, but we can't go anywhere. Why not um, yeah. Why not show our work in, 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 in the virtual space? Or, you know, I could see AR murals and stuff like that. That'd be cool. And then obviously e-commerce has grown a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everyone's moving on to to um selling their stuff online and i've well i've what i've what i've been what what i've been seeing is just tons of these draw this in your style challenges mm -hmm. on instagram specifically for insta uh, for for illustrators because we we're all lonely you know we have yeah. nothing going on we have nothing to do so it's just a nice way to stay in touch stay connected and stay busy Do you ever do those, by the way, that draw this in your style? I just found these like a couple rarely, of months. Yeah. Rarely. I always want to, but then I just never, no, I haven't. Yeah, it <laughs> to takes, answer your question, it, no, I haven't. It takes time, man. It's funny. If you put in the legwork mm -hmm. on that stuff, like the 36 days of type and, and draw this in your style, your follower count like booms, but mm -hmm. it's tough, man. Yeah. It's like, when are you going to have time to do 36 days yeah, of type? I mean, I, just 36 days. It's a lot I have 36 of days. days. I've never, yeah, or October or any of that. I yeah. just no, I can't. I can't do it. I, I've, I've the utmost respect for anyone who can, but it's. I don't think it's for me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. We'll see. And if my follower count doesn't <laughs> okay. go up, I am, I am going. I would be so pissed. Yeah, like I don't know yeah. what I'll do, but chainsaws <laughs> to some arms in some way. Yeah, yeah. We'll check back in on for the sure. podcast, Dave. I will be asking you in like three or four podcast episodes if you did one. Yeah. Well, when are they starting? Like when, when do, where do I go? Where do I need to sign up for? October 1st, I would assume. <laughs> for Inktober. I don't know where to, actually, I don't know when 36 days of type. So it just starts and then you see like people are on day eight. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, do eight illustrations it. in one day. <laughs> anyway, speaking of social media, my actual last question for you, Dave, is where can people find you? Ooh, uh, uh, well, I mean, you, you can just find me under my my name. My name is, okay, so this is how I introduce myself here in Germany. I go, hello, my name is David Leutert. <laughs> But in English, I would probably say, so the thing is in, in the US, people usually try to avoid saying my last name altogether. Yeah. And if they do, they tend to say Ludert, yeah. which is fine too. I mean, that's obvious. I can't assume that people know You know that the letter combination E U in German is pronounced oi. Mm. It's like you don't you don't say you don't say Sigmund Freud. You say Sigmund Freud, oh, right? Yeah. But I'm that, that's fine. I just I don't know if if so if Drew is listening to this. I don't know if he is, but he's. <laughs> 
he he tends to because I only ever get mildly offended whenever people pronounce pronounce it Lou Turd, you know, uh -huh. when, with an emphasis on Turd, because Lou that's already a that's a British toilet to me, <laughs> right? And then Lou Turd that's oh well and. And Drew always says Lou Turd, but I'm always I'm too polite to ever correct him. So if you're listening to this, it's Loidert. Loidert. Um, Consider anyway. yourself corrected, <laughs> Drew. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him to listen to this one. Drew okay. Moulton. Please, please. Oh, that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> well, how would we mess up his Drew name? Drew Moulton. Drew. Well, I, I I always I think a great way to to remember his name is is he who used to draw he who drew because he used he started mm -hmm. out as a lettering artist and, and illustrator right yeah. and now he's a full-time agent um he who drew well anyway <laughs> um you can find me on instagram <laughs> under my name david l-e-u-t-e-r-t -E -E um that's also my website davidloiter.com um you can find me on behance where i'm not quite as present but i promise to get better about it and um <laughs> oh too. as of as of lately, as of a month ago, you can find me on TikTok. Um, How are you liking that? The, it's the best. Really? Um, you can find me as Lonesome Dave because I spend a lot of time alone. <laughs> yes, I think it. I, honestly, it, it's to me because I have t I have ten followers on there, right? And so yeah. nobody's watching, so I just get to do whatever I'm going to follow hell I want. you. Yeah, is yeah. that a plan? I'm on one of I'm one his followers. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a riff on. I've it's one of those novels I've never read, but I know it exists. <laughs> I, love, I love Lonesome so, Dave as a play on, Dave. on Lonesome Dove. That's great. Well, it also works with my LD or DL mm -hmm. monogram. That's mm -hmm. kind of what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. um, maybe I'll change it at some point, love but for it. now it's Lonesome Dave. And TikTok's fun to me because I, I don't know, in, Instagram is gives me too much anxiety. <laughs> no joke, dude. Where is my TikTok? I have to like search for it. I'm gonna follow you right okay. now, dude. Yeah, you you should for sure. So, part of my plan for for this year is to become a sign painter. It's just something I've been wanting to do for a for quite a while now. And um, I have all the gear, you know. I have all the the sign painting set up now. I, have, I I'm running out of excuses. I just need to get to work. And I wanna I wanna use TikTok and maybe Instagram to kind of um, document my my journey. And you. You can watch it if you want. It may or may not be good, but it will. <laughs> it will be happening. Most likely, be interesting. I'm gonna. It will be happening. I'm yeah, gonna follow. Sure. Like you're. I'm gonna use whatever you do as like my um, guideposts. Since I, I I don't even have like my uh, real like profile pic on here because I was like I don't know if I'm ever gonna right. use this. But if you're using, so you mean it, your guidepost to twelve followers? You have twenty followers now. Twenty one now. Do I? Yeah. Wow. Killing but I, I don't know how to use uh, Feels good. TikTok. So I'm going to I'm gonna look at what you did and then I'm going to copy it. And you're going to be like, this guy's freaking copying me. I'm like, Dave, but I said I was, I was trying I told to. told you. Yeah. Well, anyways, before we dive too deep into the topic of TikTok, thank you so much, Dave, for being here and for chatting with us. I think this was a really thank great Thank you one. for having me. This was so much fun. Thanks for tuning in to the Closer and Closer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to receive the latest episodes. You don't want to miss some of the incredible conversations that we have coming up. They'll be full of powerful insight to help you reach your full creative potential. To find out more about us, visit www.closerandcloser.co.